Good evening. Welcome to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks Hangout here on Edmonton Sports Talk. I am your host, Bruce Gunther, and we have three quarters of the hacks here tonight. We have myself. We have Devin. Welcome, Devin. Hey, folks. And Tyler and his lip sweater is making an appearance tonight. Hey, How's Tyler. it going? <laughs> we are live tonight on EdmontonSportsTalk.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash heavy hockey. If you're on our YouTube channel, don't forget to like and subscribe while you are there. Got a neat little show for you tonight. We're going to go through some hacks highlights. We'll talk a little bit about the Oilers around the league. We got a little bit of news from around the league, and we've got some uh, some players to watch here for the second half of the season. We've got uh, five players, and I think that pretty much rounds her out for the evening. So round of applause, wanna... Bruce. Round of applause for you. That might just be your nicest intro ever. Really. There's you didn't you didn't flub anything. That was fantastic. Good job, buddy. You're gonna ruin it. You're gonna ruin it. <laughs> we're, we're we're toast now. We're we're just toast for the rest of the show. It's just it's all downhill from here. Nah, nah, it's, it's gonna be good too one. high. No, I'm I'm glad both you guys are on. It's good to see you again. Uh, it should be an interesting show. So where do you want to start, Bruce? Well, let's start with the uh, well. Let's start with the Oilers. The the streak's over. I'm actually quite happy it's over. Now we can get on to business and just win a Stanley Cup now and not have to worry about this anymore. My first yeah. thought was immediate anger. Um, that that empty netter went in, and I just turned it off. I was like, I'm not going to watch these idiots celebrate like they just won the Stanley Cup. And I they did. Just, I I was just annoyed. They did. That was that was such bush league. I was just so I turned it off right away. I was done. And then my next thought, Bruce, was exactly that. Okay, at least we can move on. The pressure of the streak is over. It's too bad it was you know a game short. Um, but. I think now we can maybe start objectively looking at how we can improve our team for the Stanley Cup playoffs because I, I think we need to we need to upgrade on CC and we still need an upgrade in the top six. Am I wrong? Uh, no, but I think that that loss does more for Edmonton than it does for Vegas, even if they celebrated like that. It really only matters when they beat them in the playoffs. So if you want to end a end a streak. And history against Vegas is just one more reason to beat him in the playoffs. So I don't think it's a big yeah. deal. Bulletin board material. Yeah. Are you guys at all concerned about, like, obviously Vegas is a good team. At this point, I'm concerned. I feel like they kind of have our number. Like, Edmonton played great last night. Both teams played really well. That was playoff hockey. Um, But, man, it just... It, I don't know. We have a really tough time with Vegas, and they don't even have Jack Eichel. They don't have Shea Theodore right now. Uh, that wasn't their best roster. Yeah, but I don't think it's Edmonton's either. I think watching that game, I thought that Edmonton was more suited to play with Vegas with a little bit more depth. But having Fogel on the second line is a is a problem. Like that's a really good third line player. So having him play on the second line, and then having to put McDavid and dry settled together like Edmonton's still not where they need to be and we know that they're going to add players to it um i i still think that they can they can hang around with with vegas even if when eichel comes back and theodore comes back i, I still think that they can beat them well they're close last year and and you know they had leads in in every game last year in the playoffs right and they scored first last night again. They outchanced and outplayed Vegas for a large stretch of that game. It was just, I think there was one defensive breakdown on that game-winning goal, right? And if I'm not mistaken, it was Cody Cece. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it like Edmonton plays a more rounded 
game, or at least they have over yeah. their, this last bit here. So if if they continue to play like that, they, I think that they could beat anybody in the playoffs. I agree. That's a, that's the kind of hockey like that's the the maturation of this team that we've been waiting for, right? They're playing both sides of the puck finally, and um, it was it was good to see McDavid and Drysaddle connect for one too, though. So shorthanded, shorthanded, yeah, two on two on O short, yeah, really. Um, so Tyler, who like Gensel's name has been thrown around. Travis Connecty's name has been thrown around. Realistically, who are they? Who are they going to get? Adam Henrique is another name, but who do you see them bringing in here? The deadline. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be Gensel. I think, I think if Pittsburgh was smart, they would trade Gensel um, and kind of retool a little bit, and then maybe go get a free agent with a little bit of cap space in the in the off season. Um, Gensel would be perfect. But I I don't think it's going to be him, and I don't really know who it's going to be. I think it's going to be a surprise, and I think that we'll be we'll all be really happy with who it is, and it's going to be somebody we didn't really think of. And I think they're going to kind of outperform where they're currently playing, whoever that is. I wish I had more for you, but that's <laughs> <laughs> no. With that, that seems more true to Ken Holland's style, right? Like it's there's all these names get thrown around and he brings in someone else that you weren't really thinking of. And um, I wonder about Boone Jenner though, right? I thought like, you don't want to put too much into the, the all-star game and who got drafted where and everything else. But it was interesting that, that Connor and Leon chose Boone Jenner and the Oilers have been scouting the Columbus Blue Jackets a lot, whether for Merzlikens or other players, but. Well, and Stoffer's kind of, if, if you listen to his show, he keeps on talking about guys with term, at a lower cap at Boo Jenner kind of fits in that and he'd be a great fit as a utility guy that could play yeah. anywhere. And that's kind of the people that Ken Helen gone after. The other thing too, is nobody was really talking about Ekholm very much. And that was two days before the deadline mm-hmm. and three years left on his contract or four years left at that time. Yeah. Um, like that was a pretty good trade. And oh, absolutely. if they, yeah, if they can nicely. find something like that closer to the deadline, then, um, when all these other teams are trying to make big moves right now, I think we'll be better off for it. Any concern about players acclimating? Like it's it's nice if you can get those trades done a bit earlier and they can kind of gel with their teammates a little bit, but not really. They're all pros, right? It's I guess maybe at the end of the day it doesn't matter, but doesn't matter. That that's what that's what teams that make trades early that didn't wait to see what else was out there. Yeah. That's what those teams say. <laughs> I don't think it makes a difference. It's all just PR spin. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like Boone Jenner a lot for for the record. I, I think he'd be a great oiler, and like you said, utility yeah. guy, right? He could he could play in the top six. He could play third line center if he had to, or whatever. But it's just yeah, that's that's a well rounded player. He he'd be really good in the playoffs. Well, he's at an age too where you got to be tired of being in Columbus. Yeah, like you have yeah. to be tired of all of it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're the captain. I don't think like he didn't pick that. I just gave it to him. Like, yeah. do you want to go somewhere else? And at this point, Columbus has to be looking long and hard at a rebuild, right? Like they've got Adam Fantilli there. They've got some good young pieces, but. Rebuild I mean, the rebuild? Rebuild it. Like just, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, just because they brought in Goudreau, right? They brought in Patrick Laine. They brought, but those guys haven't worked out at all, right? So maybe no, you're looking at those guys and, and get them out of here and let's just kind of start again. <laughs> like it's been rough. Uh, yeah, Elvis Leakins, another guy. They're looking at trading out, right? So. Yeah, I think if, like if I was them, I would just move out older players. Yeah. Um. And like you're you're not gonna move Goudreau. Like that's just not gonna happen. for sure. For sure. But I, but 
those guys are still going to be around hypothetically when everything starts to turn whenever because they've been trying to turn that <laughs> for a long time day. yeah yeah interesting well yeah i i don't know bruce um it's unfortunate you know you would have loved to have seen them go to 17 and tie the record and then with a matchup against anaheim you almost certainly you you set a new record yeah. right so yeah, sure but the ducks would be coming out if they would have beat Vegas, the Ducks would have come out really hard because they they want to be that team that would that ends the streak, right? And Anaheim is that team that has done that to the Oilers in the past, where it's like, oh yeah, this is going to be a an easy one, and then it then it isn't. They're they're tough games sometimes for yeah yeah for sure they are. Um, some stranger chiming in here, thanks man. Uh, hearing Tanev, so yeah, I had seen some of that on Twitter as well as a. Uh, as an upgrade in the top four. I have some concerns with his age and with his injury history and stuff like that. I, I don't know. He's one block shot away from missing everything. You know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd still give up a lot for him. That's a guy that you, for a playoff run, like he, he's not signed here after this. So yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the exact defenseman you want to have in the playoffs for 16 games. Well, and if you can get, out from under Cody Cece's contract because he has this year and one more. Uh, yeah, but I like I don't think that would have to be a separate deal. I think third, like a third party broker sort of deal. Is that you're thinking? Yeah, or just a completely separate trade. Send him to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. They have some well, cap space. They, <laughs> yeah, they have a twenty three and a half million dollars in cap space. There you go. But yeah, they got to do something. I mean, you can't go in another playoff run here with Cody Cece in your top four, in my opinion. And from all the people that I follow and, and break down all the analytics on this stuff, uh, Ekholm and Bouchard have been phenomenal this year. Even from the eye test, you can tell that, right? And then Kulak yeah. and Deharnay. Like, Deharnay looked really good last night. I was really impressed with him, actually. He's due a race here at the end of the season. He's a UFA. Yeah, you kind of, fingers crossed, that guy goes... I'd like to stick around and play on a team. I think he'd win a cup and maybe, maybe doesn't demand a whole pile of money, but I know we've talked about him before too, but Anthony Duclair makes a lot of sense too. Just based yep. on cap it. Yep. Cap it and where he plays. And yeah, he's not signed to a big deal. Is he? He's got, where is it? Duclair. No, it's not big money. Three. Well, it's basically CC $3 million and he's a UFA. So are we sort of, uh, Resigned to the fact that we're just not going to touch the goaltending now. Like we're we're just we're happy with Skinner and uh, Pickard, and then maybe Campbell if we had to. I still think they're going to try and do something, but I think it's the third most important thing that they're going to try and do. That's the last on the list of trying to do stuff by the deadline. Yeah, yeah, I would say after the past all well, through this whole streak, I don't think goaltending was the issue. No. No, Skinner is Skinner is snapped out of whatever whatever he's in. Pickard's been playing amazing. Campbell's had a good streak there down in the AHL, so I think they're in a good spot because I don't think they'll, like Tyler said, I think it's the third most important thing. They'll go look at adding, he said, upgrade CC if they can get another top six forward. And then if they've got stuff left to get a goaltender that can help, then yeah, they'll do that. But yeah, it, it's dropped. I think it's dropped in the priority list now. Yeah, Skinner was good again last night. Two goals against. He had a 920 save percentage. Like, not not much there to be concerned about from last night. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, that's all I got for the others. Unless you guys want something else to talk about. That's I only I just basically had the uh, the streak end, and that's all I put in here. I didn't put anything else in. <laughs> I kept it pretty simple. Though. It's only been one game, right? So it's yeah, yeah. It's all there is. Well, let's jump to around the league. Well, got a few things in here. Starting off is uh just before the All Star break, we found out that Sean Monahan had been traded from the Montreal Canadiens to the Winnipeg Jets. Jets get it. 2024 first round pick and a conditional 2027th for fourth round pick. Sorry. Uh, he played his first game with the Jets on the second line between Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti. So played just over is it 15 minutes. This is a pretty, una, pretty un, uneventful 15 minutes for him, but get himself acclimated. And that's a, that's a nice little spot for him to slide into. Yeah. He didn't play as much power play time as I thought he would. I know in practice they had him on power play one. It looks like he had 42% power play share in that first game. So it's not too bad to start. It's not terrible. I, it's just 15 and a half minutes. That might be the new norm for him, right? Is, is 15 and a half to 16 and a half minutes uh, as opposed to the 18 to 21 minutes he was playing for Montreal. So yeah. from a oh, fantasy perspective, me. like yeah. I, I think there's still like it's, it's early, right? It's been one game. Don't but, into it. Yeah. I'm just, I, I don't know. I think we see this lots, right? When a player goes to a contender, their ice time sort of diminishes a little bit from where they were previously. Balance things out a bit. Yeah, so I I love it for the Jets as like a hockey trade, obviously bringing in Monty. He's having a good season, right? He stayed healthy and he's been productive and that kind of bolsters their center depth. Uh, From a fantasy perspective, I'm not, I'm still kind of back and forth on this. It remains, you know, just the jury's out for me, I guess. We'll see. We'll see if he maintains that second line center spot and the top power play. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be nice. If he does, yeah, lots of value there, and still like thirty percent rostered, right? So, and uh, yeah, for sure. Tyler, you got anything to add? Uh, no, that's pretty good asset management though from Montreal. Yeah, two first round picks for him. Yeah, you can't really complain about that, can you? Yeah, yeah. I and I mean, anybody that has cap cap space, I guess you can do stuff like that. Obviously, you're not a very good team if you have cap space, so. <laughs> uh, but good for them. Uh, oh, the yeah. Oilers are in the bottom half of the. Like you, if you look on cap friendly, they're in the lower part of it. They actually have just what is it here? One point three million dollars in accrued cap space right now, which is about seven hundred thousand dollars more than the next one in the in the list, and that's the Flyers. I did read that if. They wait until the deadline. They will have accrued. It was like two point seven million in cap space. Yeah, it's basically a four million dollar cap it that they could take on. But yeah. that was depending on where they moved Holloway around and how many recalls they have and stuff. So yeah, I don't understand the math good enough to figure that out. But they will no. have some money at the deadline. Yeah, I can't figure that stuff out either. That cap well, stuff drives me nuts. And and you have to know they're going to try and get somebody to eat some cap or like like we talked about brokering a deal with a third party like there there'll be some of that going on too where they can uh, create some more cap space they'll do something they're going to have to if they're bringing a top six winger yeah I yeah. I just have a hard time believing that they would actually move out a top four defenseman I know even bringing in another one but that that's hard to do I, I don't know if you trade CC to San Jose and somehow 
in a separate deal get Tanev to come in. I think that would be really, really difficult to do. It'd be great if they did it, but because you take some money off the books for next year and yep. maybe you keep Broberg and he can slide in there. Yeah. Maybe. Broberg's been really good in the in the AHL recently here. So yeah. It's amazing what happens when they actually let him play. Yeah. The jury's still out for me though at the NHL level. Like no, I'd still trade him. I tra- this is a great ta- great time to trade him. If he's playing good down there, yeah, they already know he wants out. Because if you bring him back up again and he's not, and he doesn't play or he doesn't play well, yeah, trade value's it's, gone. It's Yessi Puyarvi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good segue, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, Bison King signed a two-year, one-point-six million-dollar deal with the Penguins. So kind of nice to see him to get back into the NHL. Not a huge contract, but he played his way into it, which is good for him. Yeah, he had decent numbers in the AHL before he signed that that deal. I still don't think it I, – I think this is probably the last deal that he gets. He just doesn't have the, the IQ to play with good players. So – Weird. I don't know. Good for him, though. I hope he does well with it. Is this just sort of a a stopgap for the the Penguins? Like they kind of know they're going to move out some pieces here. Maybe they're they're looking at Gensel. Like that's just there's lots of rumors, right? So if yeah. they trade Gensel, they got to have someone on the wing to kind of partially fill in. I'm not saying uh, it's Gensel, but I think so. I I don't think like they're not going to be sellers like as you would think most teams that are like selling pieces off. I think. I think it just makes sense yeah. for them to move Gensel and not pay him long term when you got everybody else um, that's up there in age and they have no prospects, not much for picks. So, yeah, if they can get a couple of young players and maybe a roster player and retool, change it up a little bit, and then add a couple more bodies that they're not going to get otherwise, I th- I think that's what they have to do. Because they are five points out of the wild card spot right now, with three yeah. games in hand. And, and you know they're they're still going to push for the playoffs, hundred percent. Like that's they right. signed these guys to six year deals. Sid's there for a couple more before he has to resign again, right? It's just they're not gonna they're not gonna fold it, right? They're gonna keep no. rolling somehow. But yeah, that's right. Like talking about cap management, they're gonna move Gensel because the, the, there's a lot of reports too that he's turned down a couple big contract offers. Yeah, yeah. He, he may want to test it and see what he can get too, which would well, very much suck for Pittsburgh. I think he also has to look at look at where the team's going. So, mm-hmm. if Crosby there for two years, you have Malkin there for a couple more. But Malkin's age, Carlson, Latang, Latang, yeah. If he signs, which he should for seven or eight years, he's going to be the only one left in a couple of them, and yeah, then you're. Sure you're at the end of your career and you're playing for a team that's rebuilding. So I think that's why nothing's happened is because I don't think he actually wants to be there through that. Even kind of reading uh, what his agent said about, they want to see where the team's going to go with stuff before they do anything. It kind of means you're just, you're not signing there for a long time. Well, sign, sign for two or three more seasons, right? Like just, I would sign it. I would, I would sign until Crosby's done basically. And then, but you don't do that. You don't do that when you're at his age, scored as many goals as he does, and going into UFA with a cap going up. You yeah. you go to UFA and you get all of your money. 
But he's 29, so he'll. I guess, yeah. And too, he's he that old, have, Hank. Jeez. Yeah. And he's got a modified no trade clause, 12 team, no trade list. So they do decide to try and trade him. He's got uh, he's got some control over it too. Hmm. Yeah, so it, you don't know what happens if maybe he blows out his knee in year two of that three year contract that he signed for whatever money. Yeah, then what? Yeah. You could just sign your eight times eight and. Well, that's what I would do. You want to play? Yeah, but you saw like Matthew signed a four year deal, right, in Toronto. Yeah, Matthews. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just taking, saying it's not what I would do, but maybe more players are are going to start looking at it that way. Well, Matthews is going the he's going the NBA route. That's how the NBA players do it. They take short term, high dollar contracts, and then they basically bet on themselves over the term because as, as the as we know, the cap is going to go up here, or it should go up year over year. So mm-hmm. in four years, he'll be able to get himself a big cap number instead of locking locking himself into a number now and possibly getting more later. And I think it works for Matthews given his age and the player, but again, so like I didn't realize he's 29. Like that, that's a big difference too. Cause if you're 31 going into UFA, it's a little different, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Whoever is going to get Gensel, it's going to be seven, seven years, eight years of Pittsburgh resigns him and he'll, it'll be a big number. I was reading somewhere around the 10 million mark. And why wouldn't you sign? Like I, Honestly, I know they want. They just want to win. All the players just want to win. But if you have an you have an offer on the table for ten million dollars times eight seasons, yeah. But the thing too, though, is that he's going to get that wherever he wants to go. Like well, he'll get seven years, right? He'll get seven seasons unless he gets traded to that team yeah. before the end of the year. Then right. you can still get that eighth year, and even at the draft, you can still get traded and get that as long as it's before free agency. Mm-hmm. So he still has that time, but that's the thing with players like that. Whatever Pittsburgh can give them, anybody else can give them. So it's, it's not a matter of, well, I'm going to sign this right now. Cause I can get it here. He can get it anywhere. Yeah. And Pittsburgh doesn't have the cap space to do it. They'd have to move somebody out. Yeah. Maybe Carlson, maybe that was a mistake because they probably already have <laughs> Gensel signed. Yeah, yeah, that Carlson. I just, I still don't understand all why they did it. It just didn't didn't make sense. I know we're not on track at all here, but oh, given no, <laughs> given given what it looked like in San Jose and how good Burns was, Carlson gets there. They both suck. Burns leaves. Carlson's great, and then you still trade for him when you have Latang there. The same kind of situation yeah. that San Jose had. In Ottawa, Carlson was amazing. They had nobody else. Go to San Jose, he sucks. Burns, I mean, this year he's been horrendous, and it's unfortunate that I drafted him, but first year there, (laughs) he was great. And now he's just old. So that's probably what's happened there. But then you go and you play with Latang, two right-shot first power play guys that like to play a similar style. And what do you know? They both suck this year. Yeah. And their power play is what? third last in the NHL like it's it's at the bottom end of the league it is just crazy and you have you have Crosby you have Malkin you have Gensel you have Latang, you have Rust you have Carlson like you have all of those guys yeah it's third last Tyler 14.1 percent 14.1 percent 
in the NHL. That Obi's is got, brutal. Obi's point one better. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah. It's brutal. And it's that's brutal. that's Dubas's big move when he comes in. And it's made the team worse. Yeah. Well, and then they found out what I've been telling everybody is Carlson can't defend. <laughs> He's well, a you, know, you know what's funny about that, Bruce? He's actually a plus nine this season. The first time he's been a plus player in, in like five seasons, six seasons. Oh, yeah. He played in San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's just interesting, right? His first season in San Jose, yeah. he was plus six. That was the last time he was. That was in 2018, 2019. Who's he been partnered with for most of the season? You look that up, too. Uh, because that, that makes a huge difference. Ryan Graves is uh, current. Mar- Marcus Pedersen is who's he spent 46% of his time this season with Marcus Pedersen. See, he has to play with. Somebody like Tanev, I, I know we talked about him a lot, but somebody like that, just a solid. Even Matt Benning would be better for him to play with, like somebody that just—that's all State, that they do. State home defenseman, yeah, mm-hmm. someone to cover. I don't. I just don't know why that they didn't see that and just hope that would work, especially given where that that team that team is right now. Yeah, and they've got him for how many more seasons now, too? So they've got him for I think it's four three more five. seasons. Three more seasons after this one at ten million. Although I think there was some. Was there any money retained in that deal? Uh, I think they just moved a bunch of money yeah. out. Because okay. Latang is signed for four more after this at six point one. Graves has got a whole bunch more at four point five. Pedersen's got one more year at four. Uh, Pierre Oliver, Oliver is he's an RFA. Chad Run 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 Runwheel Runwell Ruido Ruido. He's a UFA like, at the end of the season. I like yours better. But we we could have a whole segment just on Bruce pronouncing <laughs> players' names. Bruceism. <laughs> Bruceisms. Yeah. Uh, hey, we should talk about the LA Kings and uh, the coaching change. Yes, that's the next one on the list here. So the uh, Kings made a change. McClellan is out. Assistant coach Jim Hiller is in. So Cam Talbot got Todd McClellan fired for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> that was McClellan's own fault, though. He played him as much as he'd played him in Edmonton. Yeah, and burned him out. But that's yep. typical McClellan, man. Like honestly, he's a great coach, but he's got to he's got to change up his philosophy stubborn. a little bit. He's just stubborn. stubborn, stubborn old Saskatchewan guy, right? Like he just, I don't know, plays his veterans till the wheels fall off. Does it all the time. So that brought up an interesting thing when they were talking about him. He said, "So they're saying Kopitar's minutes will probably drop, and they are thinking that." They will give Dubois more minutes to try and get his stuff oh, figured out. Rough. I hope they do. I hope yeah, they do. yeah, me too. Yeah, for for the Oilers' sake, I hope they play PLD a ton. <laughs> well, there's yeah. 11 years in age difference between the two of them. Like, it's going to be interesting if Hiller changes the system at all. If if he does, I think it's it's actually going to benefit, um, like being a homer. I think it would benefit Edmonton because I've. One three one. It, I mean, it's Edmonton's had a tough time with that, that defensive style, um, and Dubois obviously had a tough time with it too. So, yeah. <laughs> but it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they come out of this. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, one thing will be the goaltending, right? So right now it's big save Dave that's getting the getting the starts here. No save Dave. No save Dave. No save Dave. He won their last game. Yeah, whatever. They were due. Yeah, we we can move right. on. We don't have to talk about the Kings anymore. All right. Zach Parise signs a one year deal with the Colorado Avalanche. Nobody? Also, anybody? Another team I'm not that fond of, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I I to me it's just like a it's a real depth move. It's it's like Edmonton adding Corey Perry, right? It's yeah. I think although although I like Perry a lot more, but it's yeah, just, I was I was just gonna say Perry's gonna mean more and do more for Edmonton than I think Zach Parise will. A hundred percent. Yeah, they got Parise on the he's playing like Perry's playing on the third line, but yeah. Yes. All right. Moving on. Team Matthews wins the All-Star Mini Tournament, beating Team McDavid 7-4 in the finals. The best part about that, Bruce, the only the only reason I even care about this talking point is the fact that Pasternak was like, great, I'm happy that uh, the Toronto fans finally have a championship to, to talk about. And that <laughs> That's was... exactly why I put it on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you, David Pasternak. I, we now love you. Especially that little smile after he said it. That, was, that just said it all. It was yeah. just amazing. It's like, yeah, it's the only championship you're going to win as a Leaf. Congratulations. His uh, his Boston Bruin was showing there. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, anything else to say about the All-Star Weekend? I didn't watch any of it, so. I, I thought, the All-Star game sucks. Like, I, I remember, I remember, I'm, I'm old, but I remember. <laughs> you're old. Well, you're really old, Bruce, but I remember <laughs> like getting a blank VHS VHS tape and recording. I think I still have them at my parents' place. That's like awesome. Old yep. All Star games, like when Owen Nolan. Yeah. I think it was in San Jose where the All Star like game was in the early two thousands. Like, yeah. And he pointed to the corner and then put it there. Yeah. And like, it wasn't as competitive as a regular game, but it was still competitive. Yeah. And it was just it was it was just different. And now it's like, it's not like you watch Kucherov and I know that's a whole oh, different man. thing. And yeah. it's like, oh, I screwed this up. So now I got to act like I don't care. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And I know what it's for. It's for the sponsors and the kids for, and it's not even, it's not for the kids. Like they didn't make it for the kids. The league doesn't care about the kids. Nobody cares who, about the kids. Who watches it and actually like you don't know I mean? like it's it's Nobody. not for it's not for hardcore fans to watch the game, right? It's like no, but it's, it's not for, for kids either. It's it's for corporate advertisers. That's what it's for. It is a it is a business making or a money making opportunity That's for sure. All yeah. it's for. It's not for the kids. So anybody that claims that it is, it's complete opposite. What kids even want to watch? Dry will take forty five seconds to shoot four targets. Well, I'm just saying you, you used to record these things seven. when you were a kid, right? So it's like there's obviously kids out there that but love. What I'm saying is that it was different then. Like yeah. the, the people actually were trying. Like I know McDavid still tries to skate fast. And I know that like he tried to hit four targets with four shots. But he that's incredible. Right? That's one, yep. that's yep. one person. Like, yeah, Matthews tried to hit the targets. I think McKinnon tried, David. right? Like he, he, kind, he wasn't. Those type of players will always do that. Yeah, it just meant more when it was like East versus West, and it wasn't like, 
well, let's do this draft and hey, you're my buddy. So let's. Yeah, do it's kind of gimmicky, right? It, 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 the whole not... draft thing was super cringe. Like, I, I just really. Yeah, they had 40,000 viewers in the US for that. Yeah. 40,000. In the US. That's <laughs> is brutal. The right? entire but country. It was bad. It was really that, bad. That was all they had was 40,000? Yeah. It might have been 46, but it was in the 40s. Oh my not God. Good. Not good. But yeah, they, they, they need to do something. Like I think it's a east and west and it's got to be it's there's got to be something meaningful at the end of it it doesn't have to be like baseball where you get like home field advantage or whatever in the i like actually in favor of that i think that i like, like that. give them something to play because these guys have money right they don't really do they care right like okay yeah, but, i want another extra thousand dollars hockey's different if it if it really matters like these guys go and get hurt and then you're out for however long because it was more competitive in baseball like you might hurt yourself like biting your tongue while you're chewing spits or something like <laughs> nobody's nobody's getting hurt or maybe they're going to pull a hammy or something mm-hmm. like that but like beyond that you're not going to get like a broken leg well but you know what tyler you can get you get hurt and have a broken leg in, in mid-february anyway in a regular season game right so it's like yeah but that was a regular happens. season game that is part of the season i i guess i'm just saying if there's something to play for and it mattered like wouldn't home like home ice advantage means something too in the playoffs yeah yeah and that's stupid just get rid of it do, do <laughs> just don't even do it. that four nations thing because that thing's stupid too. That's also you still stupid. I a agree. bunch of players that it should be there. Yeah. Yep. And do the Olympics every two years, and don't do this stupid All Star game because even when they're like, oh yeah, Sidney Crosby, eleven time All Star, he doesn't give a crap about that. Yeah. Nobody does. Yeah. Back like a long time ago, it, it mattered how many All Star games like you went to. Like when they would announce a player, they would announce this many time all-star and now people don't even talk about that because it doesn't matter at all no like sid sid went to what was it big sky montana or something to go like he was on on an outdoor rink he had no intention of being there he didn't care frank cervelli was all upset about that but he doesn't care at all he's the only one that got upset about that (laughs) yeah yeah get over frank crosby he can do whatever he wants to do yep yep oh the only reason frank's going on about it is because he's a flyers fan and yeah. uh, Philadelphia. They don't right? really so like Pittsburgh too much. They don't like Pittsburgh, and they don't like that uh, Canada beat them in 2010, and 2014, and 2002. Yeah. So anyway, well, um, maybe Daly's faceoff click clicks were a little low. He just needs some clickbait to yeah, get the numbers back. Yeah, up. some clickbait for sure. Um, I uh, the only other thing I'll say is I actually thought this skills competition was significantly better than what we've seen the last five or ten years. Like it, it wasn't gimmicky. It was just like straight skill, best on best. Some guys, I think you're right, Tyler. Kucherov screwed up, and then to save face was like, ah, I don't really care, and he got booed for it. But I thought most of the guys actually seemed to try. Like Dry Settle struggled, right? Obviously, but yeah. um, I mean, McDavid was he crushed it, and he in every event, he you could tell he was trying. He was doing his best to try and win that thing. But that's the other thing: do players really want to go there and take five minutes to shoot four targets and look like look like an idiot? They don't. Of course, they look don't. at the. Look at the video they did with uh, Bjorkstrand when they announced he was going to the All Star game. He's, you look at his face; it's like, oh fuck, really? I got oops, sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I really have to, I have to go to this. Like, yeah, he didn't want to for sure. He, he didn't want to go. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not like you know. I'm I'm not advocating in favor of the All Star game or anything. I just think like they did a good job with the skills competition this year, and it wasn't a complete joke, and it was actually better. So yeah, it, it was it was definitely better. You could tell the difference from like players having some input and in how how it should go together and yeah. uh like 
broadcasters, TV companies, the those guys putting together when you're yeah. like trying to sauce pucks into the fountain and stupid crap like yeah. that. Like who cares, right? It was stupid. Yeah. But really like the the three on three part, like I don't mind that. I actually like watching those players, especially when you're seeing other players play with each other and yep. that, that would never play with each other and how they play together. Like that that's actually good. But the skills competition's not. That's well, not big good. big David Dry side will pass track. Like, when are you ever going to see that again? It's just, <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Trade deadline a few years down the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a couple other things here, Bruce. And then uh, yeah. I, we're going to try and power through here, I think. Hey, just go through our players to watch in the second half after. Yeah. The only other, I just, a couple other notes on here is just uh, Kuznetsov. Uh, Evgeny was, he's entered the player assistance program. He's been out, he'll be out indefinitely. So I think this is this his second time in the program now? I think so. Yeah. So hopefully he gets he gets this stuff figured out. But it's it's well known that he's a he's a real fan of the the nose candy. Oh geez. Yeah. Well documented. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's it's I'm been reported. Yeah. So continue anyway. Yikes. All right. Only other thing when I added this one here tonight. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev owners, uh, me and Devin. Um, so Sergachev returning from a 17-game absence in his first game back tonight. He took a reverse hit from Alexis Lafreniere, and his knee did something that it probably shouldn't have done or shouldn't be able to do, and they had to stretch him off the ice. It actually looked like his uh, his ankle, ankle. Bruce. When his I when ankle? I watched when I watched the highlight again, it like it that's definitely he he broke his ankle. He did something so, pretty nasty there. I uh. I actually forgot to take him off of IR for tonight. So I think that <laughs> actually might have worked out better in my favor. <laughs> Just leave so. him there, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately so, but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess we'll find out in the next couple of days what's happened there. And hopefully it's nothing too serious, but if it is a broken ankle, that pretty much, well, that's what. So we're February, April, that takes him into. Into them circumventing the, the cap. Yeah. Circumventing yeah. the cap is where that takes him. It opens a lot of cap space. <laughs> Tampa Bay trades for uh, Jake Gensel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? Well, if you look at the cap hits, so what is Circuit Circuit's cap hit is right around six million, isn't it? I think it's six point two five. Oh jeez. Or is it eight point five now? I can't remember. Uh, Sergachev's is uh where is Sergachev always down? Oh uh where is it on here? Sergachev eight point five. They got lots of space. They could go get Duclair and Gensel. Yeah. Or Gensel, or Gensel and, a, and a low-end defenseman. Yeah, that'll be just fine. Yeah. See? Got it all figured out. I mean, this at least looks legit. I, he probably... Oh, yeah, and t- that's pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> like, he probably... I don't know, Tyler, you tell me. It looks like he, he mangled his ankle, and he may have hurt his knee from that, too. Like, his whole left leg is probably just going to be... I didn't even watch his knee or his foot. I was just looking at the ankle, and it's like, well, because my knee is hurt right now too. So I was just looking at like, oh, oh, I just didn't. Not supposed to bend that way. Yeah, yeah. It it looked like just above the ankle, and it looked like it had quite a bit of movement there. Yeah, Yeah, not supposed to. No, not good. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. Maybe it'll just be a sprain. You never know. A high ankle sprain. He'll be high ankle sprain. Deal with that breaks, for three months. Breaks are actually better yeah. than high ankle yes. sprains. So yes. 
So hopefully all the best for him. That was kind of all we got here for around the league. I decided to do something a little different here for the next segment. We decided to, uh, we got some players here to watch in the second half of the season. So coming out of the all-star break, uh, Hacks want to take a look at a few players that are poised for our our productive second half of the season. Players discussed will be approximately 50% rostered or less and should be on your radar to acquire via trade or pick up. I, uh, didn't put any of the uh, roster percentages in any of mine, but uh, I'll get those uh, tied up here for you, Bruce. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll go through here. I'll do the I'll do the first one since I uh, I typed up the notes for this guy. What? Well, and he's thirty and fifty nine percent. Just so you know, thirty and fifty nine. He's gone up a percent since I did the notes. He was at twenty nine when I did the notes originally. There you go, uh, Mr. Sean Monahan. We talked about him earlier in the show. Here, got a new home with the Jets. He's finding himself on the second line with Cole Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers. And he's got a spot on the top power play as well. So as I wrote here, he's a rostered 29%, now 30. Uh, it's going and <laughs> rising quickly. So uh, Monaghan at the all-star break with 35 points, 13 goals, 22 assists. Uh, he's averaging just over, just over two shots per game as well, which is not too bad. Um, could be in for a good second and a half of the season if he can uh, hold his deployment and, uh, do some work because he's got two good line mates in Perfetti and Ehlers. So hopefully he can make the most of it. And the Jets are hoping he can do the same. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I'm just sort of reserving judgment here. A couple more games. Like, let, let me see. Yeah. Is he going to continue to play 15 and a half minutes and a minute and a half on the power play? Or are they going to bump up his ice time and, and give him more like three, three and a half minutes on the power play? Because then, then he's got, I, I have some interest in him, right? But mm-hmm. Uh, how much was he playing in Montreal? He big minutes, big minutes. He was playing like twenty between 20. eighteen and twenty and a half minutes, or twenty and a half, twenty one and a half minutes a game. Yeah. Um, like lots of points. He's just he's not going to get that in Winnipeg. I I think they just have two third line centers in Winnipeg right now. So it's just I don't know. I don't know if the fits the best there, but I don't see him continuing on the same pace that he was when he was playing in Montreal. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's because he played for Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I, I think there's still some potential there with the, with that deployment, but definitely something we're keeping an eye on. Definitely. Devin, you want to talk about the next guy on the list? Oh, sure. I've been talking with this guy since last summer, Andre Kuzmenko. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say, for the record, we were right, Bruce. He, he yeah. came crashing down to earth in Vancouver, scratched multiple times, looked lost um and now he's made his way to the calgary flames and uh through one game he looks pretty good right so uh fresh start in calgary he's gonna get more playing time playing on the first line with huberto and sharon govich and time on the top power play unit uh it's one game but it does look promising uh took him just 16 minutes into the game to score his first for the new team so i i think calgary knew there's lots of potential there they saw what he did last year. Obviously, everybody knew he he came in as is a highly touted Russian prospect out of the KHL, and um, so you know, scoring whatever it was, thirty seven goals last year, isn't a complete fluke. Yeah, he ran super hot all year, but um, well, you get some of these guys that can pass him the puck, like as long as he doesn't have to back check like he had to in Vancouver, right? It's yeah. So, and I would say too, like maybe this is good news. Huberto looked really good too. I think did he have three points in that first game back after the All Star break? Goal and two assists. Yeah. They said so, uh, from the highlights or from what the notes I read from the game is that that line was that line and Kadri were playing well 
against against Boston, no less. Like that's not an easy team to yeah to do that to. And they came out and handled them. Looked like pretty easily. Well, someone in, I can't remember who it was. I think I was watching it on TSN. Someone said that was probably Huberto's best game as a Flame. So that's encouraging. So keep an eye on Huberto too, right? I know he's available in our ESPN league, Tyler. Um, yeah, I already have Kadri. I looked at <laughs> well, it. Believe me, he, I looked at it. Yeah, <laughs> but Kadri too. I think he was on pace for sixty-nine or seventy points. Yeah, three assists yeah. in the last game, and he looked really good too. So he like that. Those three guys right there, right? It's they could have a big second half here too. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but I think they're going to get more points than what what they did in the, uh, the first half of the season here. I don't, like, aside from Backland, there's not a lot of defending that's going to happen, especially if they trade their two top four defensemen that they have there. Yeah, Tanev and yeah. sounds like Hannafin now is probably on his way out. Yeah. And possibly Markstrom even. I, I think that's going to be an off-season thing, but... I still think they'll score goals. I think Kuzmenko's going to have a pretty good finish to the year there. Be yeah. nice to see for him. Yeah. I think so, for, for the player itself, anyway. Good pick here, Bruce, for somebody to watch in the second half, anyway. Yeah, considering we pretty much buried him the first half of the season. <laughs> so. We weren't Show, wrong. Show him some love. Yeah. Tyler, you want to talk about the next guy on the list? Yeah, Dylan Strom. Uh, 25% Yahoo. He's basically the only. Center, that's left. Washington, <laughs> um, playing for uh, number one center, prime deployment, lots of opportunity. I don't know. Even this year, calling it prime deployment, it just doesn't seem the same. <laughs> playing with Ovi, who has whatever he has now, eight goals. I think it's ten. Year. Didn't he hit ten? Did he oh, get double digits finally? I haven't looked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look him up. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. I actually think like. In place of Dylan Strom, or even as another add-on here, I'd probably actually put Ovi because he can't be this bad for the last half of the year as he's been in the first half. He went to Dubai for the All-Star break, and maybe he's going to be all ready to go for the last half of the season and get a goal a game. Maybe got some of that, nice. that Russian gas they talk about. Their yeah, over, yeah, that's what I meant. I just didn't go into that. But yeah, maybe maybe he'll be ready to go here. Be good for my fantasy team. You know, yeah. his shot volume looks... He's got 10 shots his last two games here, but um, still just five points in his last six games and Tyler just 10 goals on the season. And someone said, oh, Ovi hit 10 goals. And they said that's usually what you would say in October, not yeah, not, not mid-February. February. Yeah. And what did he have last year? Like 30, 38 or something? Oh, 42. Yeah, so to go 42 to maybe 20, maybe... He's got a ways to go. I still, I think he does it. I think I'm in Sylvie. So this they just don't have anybody crazy. to play with there. Like 58 point pace and 10 goals in the season. It's crazy. It's Ouch. insane. It's insane to to fall off that fast. But I I will say we've talked about this you know in past episodes. But his shooting percentage is just 6.4 percent this season. His career average is 13 percent. So like he's. He's due for some regression here. If if you get like, it's not like Ovechkin forgot how to shoot pucks. We've we've all we've all agreed that if he can just stand his spot on the power play, he'll still score goals. Yeah, but if if he's not getting pucks in those spots anymore, then that shooting percentage is going to be affected by that. Like if you're if you're shooting from a different spot, sure, than, yeah. than where you're usually shooting it from scoring with your fifteen yeah. percent. 
But his his team's five on five shooting percentage is also down at six point four percent. It was nine point one last year, twelve percent the last or close to twelve percent the last two years before that. And his secondary assist percentage is down this year as well. So he's I, I that's actually someone, yeah, I I would kind of look at Ovi in the second half and go, the numbers all say he should see some regression. I'm not sitting here guaranteeing it's gonna happen, but if, you know, if you're looking for a buy low opportunity, Ovechkin might be the guy. Yeah, I think so too. Here comes a Tyler trade offer. <laughs> I already sent you one earlier today. And you ignored it, though. Uh, yeah, you, like it's not like Bruce doesn't get these trades. He gets them, and then but you'll know if he's interested if he actually responds. Like if 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 Bruce yeah. doesn't respond, that's your answer right there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. Always for <laughs> for another Washington player, and I'm just not. I have him on another team, and he hasn't done a whole lot yet. So, but he could. No, he definitely could. But the guy you want kind of has a little more. He hasn't done much either lately, but. <laughs> See, it's pretty fair. You're just, you just explained team. why you should be making the trade. Goaltender I'm a little concerned about, though. I'd be concerned if I was you, too. You don't have any. I do, too. I got three nice goalies. I think this could be another segment, guys. We could just, like, <laughs> tra- trades that right. Tyler and Bruce didn't make. You, yeah. could, you could just do, like, a whole episode about the trades. Nobody sends me any trades, but the trades yeah. you guys send to each other, we could do an entire episode on. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a whole series. We, could. we might think about that for next year, actually. I like that. Call it the trade series. The, the what-if trades. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, who's next year, Bruce? All right. Uh, I'll let you talk about him, Devin. I can't pronounce the name, so... Uh, yeah, Yuri Slavkovsky, 5% roster in Yahoo, 47% in Fantrax. Um, I just wanted to point out that he is a big dude, which most people probably know, but historically, bigger players take a little longer to develop. And in 19 games played, dating back to December 21st, um, the first overall pick from 2022 has 14 points, 7 goals, 252 power play time on ice, or 71% power play share, just about 18 minutes or 18 and a half minutes average time on ice. Uh, he's also thrown 29 hits or 1.53 per game and six power play points. He's on that top line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield at even strength, and he has a role on the top power play unit. And then with the aforementioned Sean Monahan now out of Montreal, that opens up some ice time for a guy like Slavkovsky. So um, I think this this looks to be the time where he's going to – and, and it, it's garbage time for Montreal, right? Towards the end of the season, they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, he's going to get all the opportunity, I think. And he's starting to hit some some production. So, yeah, that's a guy that I would look at pretty seriously if you're trying to add some depth to your roster. Montreal is, oh, yeah, they're, well, they're 50, they're eight points out of a wild card spot. But they have the same amount of games played as Detroit. So that'll be a, that would be a tough haul for that team. I, I yeah. just don't think they're doing it. it. It feels like he's played for a long time, or at least like we've all talked about him underperforming for years and years and he's only 19 still yeah yeah which is crazy <laughs> um i think but it was part of that is like the high expectations and they took him over who's the other player shane wright is that shane the same wright? draft i don't even know anymore i can't, I can't remember it doesn't matter but it, i mean yeah a lot of people were were hard on the team for the pick and hard on the player and it's good to see him finally doing something. But yeah, he's only played a total of 89 games in his career so far. So he was first overall in the 22 Yeah. 22 draft. Yeah, that was the Shane Wright 
Yeah, because Wright went to uh, Seattle. Right, right, right. All right. The last guy we have on our list, Tyler, do you want to talk about him? I think you got it, Bruce. You don't want to talk about <laughs> Mr. Brian Rust? <laughs> you wrote so much in the notes, like guys. I Devin wrote this one. You can tell when I you can tell when I write them and when Devin writes them. Oh, Mine are kind of no. short, not a whole lot of stats in them. Devin's got lots of stats and lots of interesting stuff. Mine I just read in all the goodies for you guys, just if you want to talk about it. That's all. <laughs> all right. So Mr. Rust here, he's rostered 41% in Yahoo, 71% in fan tracks. Uh, most managers were down on Rust following a disappointing season last year. So I'm just post 46 points. He did get 20 goals, though. Uh, despite he dealing did. with some injuries, Rust has bounced back in a meaningful way this season. He's now playing his typical role at right wing with uh, Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. Back on the top power play as well. Uh, Rust makes things more interesting here for the remainder of the season. Seven points and two goals in his last nine games. He's currently on pace for 68 points over an 82-game season. Uh, Something here to note, too. Since January 22nd, Rust has been averaging just about 22 and a half minutes a night. Time on ice. Just uh, just under four and a half minutes on the power play. It's a 62% share. And for bash formats, the Penguins forward is also averaging nearly one hit per game and uh, almost uh, 0.71 blocks per game this season, too, which is uh, not too bad. Surprising. Sorry. I was just going to say it's surprising that he's playing that much. Playing big minutes the last four games. I I picked him up today because I I had a spot on my roster I thought I could improve on. Got to get those shifts. Got to get those shifts, shifts. buddy. Got to get those shifts. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but no, the production's there. I mean, he's like almost 70 point pace again. I was one of those people that like everybody's really down on, on Brian Rust after last season. And, and I actually drafted him, I think in our ESPN league, um, like later, right. The value was good. And I thought he'd be like, and then he had some injury troubles and stuff, but, um, yeah, I like Brian Rust for the category coverage and the production and, and the deployment. So I, I think he's, he's in line here for a big second half, especially we've talked about this last two. I like getting players who are sort of on bubble teams, right? If they're if they're three, four, five points out of a playoff spot, like all those guys mm-hmm. are pushing hard, right? They're they're playing competitive, they're playing like playoff hockey every night, and quite often you see those guys be productive because of it. Well, and you think with Pittsburgh, you've got how many how many first ballot Hall of Famers on that team? Five? Yeah. Four or five? There's like, a couple of them. <laughs> but they're a little old. That's the only only knock against them is they're old and their power play is awful. I didn't realize it was third worst in the league, Tyler. That is that's bad. That's that bad. Really bad. I, it's I, unbelievable with that roster. It's crazy. Yeah. You you would think with that team that they should have a, a top power play, right? But yeah, it uh, it's terrible. Um, just going back to Slavkovsky in that 2022 draft, the players that went after him, Simon Nemitz, who looks to be a stud for the Devils, Logan Cooley, third overall. Um, Shane Wright, Cutter Goche, David Yerichek, Kevin Korchinski, uh, Pavel Minchikov, Connor Geeky. Like, there's Frank Nazar. There's lots of guys who, looking back at it right now, and maybe long term, Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky is the play. Maybe he does, you know, eventually become the best of that that draft. But I mean, that's tough competition. Nemitz, Cooley, uh, Yerichek, Korchinski. Those are all going to be really really good nhl players yeah and i think most of it was just what he did what was it was it the olympics 
not the Olympics, the World Championships or something that were leading up to that. And he played pretty well. Yeah. Also a big, yeah. like he's a big winger. And I think for, for Montreal having an undersized team like they do, adding that was probably pretty intriguing. But yeah. he doesn't actually play that big, though, for being the size that he is. Yeah, six six three two forty. He's a he's a big dude. Yeah. Oh wow. And he doesn't he doesn't look that big when he skates, and he doesn't play that big on the ice either. Even though he is still only nineteen. He's no Zach Benson. That's right. Yeah. All all five foot nine of him, but he plays like he's six nine. So, could you imagine if a guy that was Slavkovsky's side played like that? He'd be oh. like Eric Lindros. It'd be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> be awesome. Be very yeah. terrifying. Be fun to watch. All right, boys. Anything else? Uh, only thing I was going to add because I just thought of it. When we were talking about Bash here. Is the uh, the NHL updated their? Uh, oh yeah, hits <laughs> hits. Was it the hitting stats? Is that what? Yeah. Added, like I forget how it's. Yeah, it's ridiculous the amount of they did an audit on the amount of hits thrown in the first part of the season here and added it in today into the. Added into the, into their stat system. I was trying to find because I yeah. I well, Victor Nuno had posted something about it, and uh, yeah. so did Left Wing Lock. I think they added like two thousand additional hits from from what they had previously. So I don't know how they just missed a pile of them, but they just said that that's obviously going to have some impact on uh, fantasy leagues. You know, like two thousand hits. That's a, that's a lot of hits that yeah. were. Well, Victor posted admitted. something a, a few minutes later. Said it looks like it's closer to six thousand. Really? 6,723. Oh, jeez. That's huge. Well, huh. so I didn't look back at it recently, but and then so when Left Wing Lock put his out too, um, like some of these teams, it was it was like a thousand additional hits. Yeah. So there's a breakdown there if you want to check it out on Twitter. But anyway, yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know how you messed it up that bad. Yeah, no kidding, right? It's just weird. Just weird. Well, Bruce, you wanna you wanna send us out? We got uh, yeah, we got like a minute here to to that'll wrap it up nicely right. in sixty minutes. Well, the outro outro, outro won't be as good as the intro. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, thanks for joining us on the show tonight. You can catch us on Twitter at fh hacks, on Instagram at fantasy hockey hacks, and Sunday podcast. Actually, well, and don't forget our guys too, uh, Puck Dynasty. So they're they're yes, releasing a new you. episode now. They're recording Friday nights. Uh, it drops on Saturday, and that's going to cover Dynasty prospect discussions and around the league as well. Lots of fantasy talk. So Ryan Black and Evan Debert, um, check that out every Saturday morning. And Thank then you. Heavy Hockey Showdown. Don't forget about that. Um, Ooh, yes, I'm going to try and get my fundraiser page up sooner than later, but. Uh, Tyler and I will be playing in that one. Should be fun. We're looking forward to it. Going to the Battle of Alberta that night too. So, um, yeah, good stuff. And there you have it. All right. Well, you guys have a good night. We'll uh, talk to you on Sunday. Hey, good night. See you guys. Take care.